Well, friends, we are here. It is season two of Narrative Society. I'm so glad every single one of you are joining in on this conversation and all that's ahead of us. And I couldn't think of a better way to kick the season off than with this conversation I had with Mary Claire Hawkins. Now, she articulates just so beautifully God's redemptive work through heartache, pain, and grief. And I just know that there's something for every single one of us uh, through this conversation, no matter what life looks like. And I just pray that every single one of us would see that there is power in our story. And so, uh, if this encourages you, I'd love for you to share it with your friends. Uh, but get ready for this conversation that I had with Mary Claire Hawkins. All right, we are here with the great uh, Mary Claire. Mary Claire, MC, thank you so much uh, for jumping on the call. Hi, Josh. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk with you. I've uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation. We, we we've been uh, I've been wanting to make it happen for a while because uh, we're we're going to dive right right in. Is 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 you have uh, a unique story, a, a beautiful story, but it, but a story uh, that that has some pain associated to it. But but really just. God's done so much in and through your story. And I think uh, particularly at this time, at the time of where we're recording and uh, just kind of entering into the holiday season and, and it can be a lot for a lot of people who might be walking through, whether it's grief or, or painful things or just uh, it's, it can sometimes be a difficult journey. But uh, I think your story can, can encourage a lot of people. And so I'd love for you to just take a second or two is kind of uh, give us a little bit about yourself and kind of, um, yeah, some, some of your journey. Sure. Well, as you said, I'm Mary Claire. Um, a lot of people call me MC. So depending on at what stage of life you met me, you may know me as Mary Claire MC. Either one is fine. Um, I am 25 years old. So, you know, a quarter of a century. It feels a little crazy. Um, I have a husband. His name is Robert. He is wonderful. And we have a beautiful little boy named Oliver who will be one in about two weeks. So he's a Thanksgiving baby. So um, we are looking forward to celebrating him soon, but I did a little bit of studying at Anderson University in Christian studies, and that was um, really awesome. But I will say that whenever I felt a call to um, study in ministry and and just equip myself well in that, when I first started, I did feel a little bit behind, like, oh my goodness, all of my classmates have this great understanding of the Bible, and I feel like well, what do I know? So I really dove deep on my studies and probably began to swing a little bit to more like a legalistic side of things, which was very unhealthy, and then started to swing back and kind of balance the pendulum. And so all of that has kind of helped shape my story as I've gotten older, but counseling has been a huge part of my healing journey um, and just being able to walk through some different things that have happened throughout my life. And so a little bit about that, I grew up with my dad and my brother and my mom had a tragic tragic accident and passed away when I was two and a half. My brother had just turned one. So here is my precious daddy left with two baby babies. And um, as you could imagine, it was never a dull moment. There was always um, chaos and figuring it out, but we had so many amazing people, specifically um, our family and some people in our home church that really rallied around us and um, honestly just helped us survive and live um, as we walked through that very early on. And so I think the first kind of 
problems that looking back I see as like a kind of a trauma response was behavioral issues I had as a young child um, not being able to like process emotions well or regulate be help learn how to regulate my emotions which was really challenging um, so I get to middle school and all of the hormones start going like you know awkward middle school days like everyone experiences and I think that was the first time that I really had like a true recognition for the pain that I felt like it wasn't like just a behavior out behavioral like outpouring anymore. It was now like I was seeing grief come up in a couple of different ways. And so the first one was through, I started to recognize that I was jealous of my friends who had relationships with their moms. And I would be so mad at my friends, like, Oh, we're fighting with my mom. She's the worst. And I'm like, at least you have a mom. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you ring, ring, ring. You know, there is something going on here um, that I've got to figure out. And so as I got older through middle school into high school, I really honestly started to make some pretty poor cho- choices. Um, which ultimately was me just trying to fill a void in my heart and trying to understand like what is going on. Um, why do I feel the way that I feel? Um, and so after I had, you know, had some confrontation with my dad, he said, I think it's time that I show you something. And it was a set of letters that my mom had actually written for my brother and I before she passed away, which that in itself is a huge testament to her faith because her death was tragic and un- unexpected. She had um, surgery on her knee. And so that's like something that happens all the time, you know, hundreds of them every single week that get performed. Um, and so it just was something terrible that happened. But these letters really shook me like to my core. And I think that that was the first time that I knew okay, like I've grown up in church, but like God is real. And um, whether she had some kind of inclination to that or not, like these letters were such a blessing. And so I took a few months just kind of chilled out on the partying and figuring out like what's going on. And that summer, I got saved on July 4th. So that's kind of crazy. I used to joke and say like, America wasn't the only thing that became free on that day. (laughs) So cheesy. But it helped me remember like that was my story of salvation, my story of freedom that God has um, just walked me through my life to that point. And then things really changed from there. Um, I really began to understand who the person of Jesus was. I was having encounters with the Holy Spirit, which I had no idea really like who he was or what that meant. But we see characteristics of the Holy Spirit that are nurturing, that are comforting. And that's very similar to um, a mother. And so I think that that was no coincidence that that was some very specific encounters that I had early on in my faith journey. Um, As I began college, I started getting plugged in with some more people who really just stirred on my faith and helped affirm like what the voice of God sounded like and looked like in my life and were just affirming different gifts that they saw in me. And so that was just a huge part of kind of, I guess, stepping into womanhood in a way that I was unfamiliar with before um, and obviously still very young and still have a lot to learn in this department. (laughs) Uh, I'll be the first to say. And so 
as I'm in college, I'm learning all these things. I meet Robert, we start dating, and I very quickly realized um, that we were going to get married. And I thought, oh, this is fun and exciting. But also, I started to recognize the gift that he was going to be to me, but not only him, but also his family. Um, and his mom is amazing. And um, just that God has redeemed my view of what I could have in a mother or a mother in law um, through her, which has been. I could cry talking about that. I'm going to hold back my tears, but it really is like so amazing um, that God just had this beautiful, special family for me to step into um, and start my own family with. So Oliver was born in 2021. And uh, I guess a part of these large milestones is whenever I really felt these huge waves of grief, um, not only with my mom, but in college, I lost all four of my great grandparents. Um, and then between college and now I've lost um, two. Well, I lost one of my grandparents and then two of my grandparents in the past year and a half. So my dad's parents were both within six months of each other and our family was very close growing up. So that was just like, oh my goodness, you know, here are more areas of my life where I'm experiencing such a similar pain, but also so different because now it's like taking something that was an early childhood pain of, of someone who I didn't have many memories of, but then now also applying similar concepts to people I have this long life and great memories with. And so that has been kind of a whirlwind of things that has led me to where I am today. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing that. It's I could, couldn't Imagine, imagine what that's like. Yeah, lose, losing your mom at su such a young age, and then fast forward the story to walk through all, all the grief journey, and ev everyone's journey is different and unique with grief. Uh, but just seeing the, the restoration, redemption, and still like the pain, pain's still real and and still still hurting. But seeing what seeing what God, God's done in and through that, and uh, I, I was just I, I wrote down like why you were sharing is just like the the letters from your mom, and it's like what what was that that. Um, I guess moment like when you when you're holding these letters in your hand and and t tell us a little bit about that. Well, one I wept like a baby, and so that was. I have seen pictures of my mom. I have had people tell stories of my mom to me, but that special moment of opening it was actually like in a journal. So I opened up these this journal with letters, and it's dear Mary Claire, and it's very specific and. I, it took me a very long time to even be able to read through all the pages. I really had to take it through paragraph by paragraph because it felt so personal. And I think I grew, I have grown to appreciate it so much more. I think at the time that I first read it, it really was like a wake up call to me. Like this is a gift and how in the world would anyone know that I needed this in this particular time of my life other than like, obviously I was making some bad choices, but you know, God knew the moment that I was going to step into salvation and honestly knew what it was going to take to get me there and just hitting rock bottom of saying like, okay, I'm going to get your attention because this is, this is the pain that you're experiencing. And it is stemming from the loss of your mom. And so how else to get, how better way to get my attention than to, um, you know, put these letters in my lap and just let me sift through these at 15 and say like, oh my goodness, what in the world is this? And how does someone um, know God in this way to be able to share this kind of intimacy, like with someone else? Mm, 
That's, yeah, that's 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 beautiful. I, I, I'm what a, what a gift to have. And I, I, I remember when when my mom passed, I, there was uh, three uh, like really random videos. She like texted me like a few days before she passed of her like showing these bathroom updates, the renovation, and just like. I remember like watching them like on repeat because it was like she was just like talking to me in the most like casual way ever but it did something like of healing of just like I don't know you just in a way feel like this beautiful connection and I think trying to trying to find those moments or things can can, can bring so, so much healing and, and just bring into mind and so I'd love you to just continue to speak to like uh yeah your your, your grief journey and, and and what what were some other I guess key moments that 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 whether it was yeah really hard days or or moments of surprise like speak more to some of that journey over the years well it's in short it's been very messy and so <laughs> some days have been an absolute circus like so crazy and unexpected and some things that I thought would be really hard honestly were a lot easier than I expected them to be so it's kind of been full swing of um, feelings and understanding, you know, there, if you do any kind of level of counseling or reading on grief, they talk about the five stages of grief. And so as I've gotten older and really processed through things, there are, I've tried to be able to identify like, where did these take place in my life? Where have these like really, um, stood out? Have I experienced all of these things? And, um, the answer is yes. Like I feel like most people have. Sometimes it happens quickly. Sometimes it happens over time, and um, it doesn't always necessarily happen in order. Um, so you know, there are times that I had to really recognize and be okay with my grief, and and really give myself permission to feel what I needed to feel in order to receive healing. Um, and so. I think early on, like middle school, I had a lot of denial. That was like kind of the first thing where I would keep myself busy by like my extracurricular activities or, you know, things that I other things that I was doing or have like an I'm fine mentality. Like, you know, we just have to get through it. It's just the hand that I was dealt. Like, it's just it's OK. And, you know, I would oftentimes experience a lot of like confusion or I was shut down. Um, my dad said he used to call our neighbor saying like, Mary Claire's crying. And she said, she doesn't know why, like, what do I do? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, like it's normal. It's okay. And I was like, yeah, but looking back now, it's like, I just didn't have the verbiage to be able to communicate what I was feeling. Um, and so oftentimes that was like shown in denial for, um kind of my story and what had happened I think as I stepped into high school a lot of anger like irritability bad attitude like oh my goodness I had a horrible mouth like I'm so embarrassed of that but ultimately um I was just lost and trying to figure out like what was going on what was I feeling who was I becoming and was I like is that is that someone I was going to be proud of but oftentimes that felt like impatience or I felt like emotionally out of control um a lot into my young adult or I guess yeah young adulthood out of my teenage stage 
um, of life, I think I felt more like bargaining. And so it was like a lot of overthinking, worrying, like running these scenarios through my mind of my past and what my future could be. And so I think that was the first time that I started to recognize lies that I was believing in my life. Um, And that became really challenging because at the time, I am also balancing this place of like, what do I believe um, fundamentally for my faith? And so those years were really, really shaping. Um, People also experience depression. And I think I have tendencies to like feel sad sometimes, but really that's just my grief. But I think the first time that I really felt that was in, in my pregnancy with Oliver. And I didn't recognize even that that's what it was until after I was pregnant. It's called perinatal depression. And um, it happens during pregnancy. Your hormones can be a big part of that. And so I don't know what all onset it, but that was the first time that I really had to face like the biggest lie that I was believing around like, you know, I didn't have a mom. So how am I going to be a good mom? And what does it look like for me to step into this new role that I know nothing about? And so it was like a little bit of fear and anxiety into that but also just trusting um what I had learned of who the person of Jesus was in the past years of me following him was what was going to sustain me through this new season of life and so um through that acceptance of what has happened has been an ongoing everyday decision of understanding um one being vulnerable with myself and others and learning to tolerate emotions not just avoid 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 um and having honest communication with my friends about what I was feeling um even if I didn't quite have the words yet like being able to sit with someone and just saying like hey I'm really hurting today like I would love to just go for a ride or would you mind sitting with me while we do something together like we might have other tasks totally that we have to do but just being able to sit with someone and let them be in the same space as me, I think was a huge part of acceptance because it was, it was no longer the I'm fine and I help others, but it was an extension to like allow others um, into that space to be able to help me. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's so powerful. How, how has um, you're talking about, becoming pregnant and and now finding this place where you're as how, how is even your your the grief i guess um and and even just the the legacy of, of your mother impacted you uh, as becoming a mother um entirely i guess it has been one i have actually understood the way that my mom felt about me and that was huge because i knew she loved me but until i felt that same love for my child it was hard for me to understand like how could you feel so connected and love someone so deeply who you knew for such a short amount of time um really crazy this january oliver will be um 14 15 months old and that's the same age that my brother was whenever um, my mom passed away and that I already feel is going to be like a challenging step for us to pass um in grief because you think about how young someone is but also how much beautiful life we've already experienced with Oliver and so understanding you know how I feel about him and I would do anything for him really has, I guess, helped me just have a deeper understanding of how my mom felt for me. And so it sounds really simple, but it really 
um, has has stretched into the depths of healing for me to understand um, that so much more. And so really my mom's faith journey, even with the letters and talking to people within like her, I guess, Sunday school class is what they used to call it. Um, hearing how her faith journey evolved, even stepping into motherhood and how mine has evolved stepping into motherhood has been so encouraging and, and knowing that, um, I don't have to be perfect, but I, it is required of me to be present. And so whatever that looks like to invite um, my children into to understand like, hey, this is how we can be emotionally healthy from a young age. Like we don't have to wait to figure this out until we're adults or um, inviting Oliver into that space now. And we're going to have a little girl in the spring. And I think, oh, gosh, well, that's different because now there's a little Mary Claire that got things a lot more. That's like a boy. It's like, oh yeah, my buddy. But now a girl, I'm like, okay, there's a different pressure around this. Yeah. Um, but I think ultimately I've had to like realize and be okay with like, it isn't responsible of my children to help affirm or sustain or fulfill anything that I've like learned or am looking for in being a mother. Like no child should ever carry that kind of weight. And I think having felt a lot of responsibility as a young child myself there are certain things that help me grow and learn a lot but also that I'm trying to also protect Oliver and, and our daughter from having to feel that at such a young age and and just be able to really um I guess preserve like their child likeness um no matter what they may experience growing up that's 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 beautiful I um just thinking about how the idea of legacy and and i i've i'm not a mother i'm a father <laughs> but just how the the grief it hits you in, in whole different waves of man like even for us like our family from australia flying out to come hang out with us and it's like man i wish my mom was on that plane like coming to be with the boys but then you have this weird sense of like you like her DNA is in these boys and I get to like carry yeah. that that love that I know that she would have. And it's just such such a weird dichotomy to live with. And how 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 have you learned to 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 live with the pain? Like what are, what are some things that you do or uh, even ways that, that that you remember her and, and try try to reflect and think and spend time like what, what are some ways that you've outlived that, I guess? Well, one easy thing to do is look at pictures. Um, when Oliver was really, really young, we we passed through my mom's birthday and her death date. Um, so on both of those kind of like bigger anniversary milestones, I sat down with him and looked at pictures and her name was Jo Beth. So I told Oliver, like, we're going to call her Jojo. And so he can know like, this is who his Jojo was. And we just, I mean, he had no idea what we were talking about. It was, it was honestly more for me, which was fine. Course, yeah. <laughs> but like, as he gets older, I, um, want him to know that that's like a safe space for him to step into is like, you can enjoy these memories or maybe it's something that he won't care about. And it's something that like I'll do for myself and that's okay too. But um, honestly, like looking at pictures is really, really helpful. And I think a big thing that I learned early on in dealing with pain, because I used to let it just absolutely consume me and I just couldn't get my mind off of it, like for weeks at a time. And so I worked on like setting specific time aside to be able to grieve and think about 
all the things that I've been thinking. And so that way it wouldn't just sneak up on me. It was like, okay, I know on Tuesday at three o'clock, I am going to just sit down for a couple hours and let myself feel this. Um, And that doesn't mean like I just completely avoid it any other time. But I also know like there's a rhythm in my spirit that knows like, okay, something's feeling off. It's the same way. Like when we feel hungry, it's like your stomach is starting to growl. Like you probably want to go get a little snack or something like you want to eat. And in the same way, like you can tell emotionally when you are starting to feel off, like, or the people around you can tell, maybe you just can't tell yet because the way you're acting is different. Um, You may be less patient with people. Like, you may be more reserved around people, but knowing where there's like using that as like a litmus test to know like, okay, something's off. Like I need to spend some specific time um, just kind of digging into like, what does this look like? What does this mean? And also observing like the calendar and knowing, okay, this is, this makes sense. Like I'm like two weeks out from this and haven't thought about it once, but my body is like in this rhythm and knows this is what's coming. And so um, just acknowledging it and letting it hurt because it's okay to acknowledge it, acknowledge that it sucks and it's hard. Sorry, sucks is not great vocabulary, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but like just letting it hurt and just being there because I think as we are spending specific time or looking at pictures, we're doing all these little things and like kind of nurturing these small moments where we feel pain or get like a release of what we're feeling. And so then we have endurance to walk through um, the moments that feel overwhelming or hard. It's like, okay, like I am in the deep end right now, but I'm just going to keep on swimming, keep treading water. Like I know what to expect. This is not unfamiliar. Um, your body kind of knows how to respond in these rhythms because you've been attentive to yourself and what your body needs to heal and your mind needs to heal and your spirit needs to heal and all these little small things along the way. And so it's really like your daily yes to God in the small things. And even in like a posture of gratitude that helps whenever you start to experience this pain, I always joke, like if I find a front row parking spot, like look at God, he knew I was coming today. Like, and just like, it sounds silly, but just little things like that, I think have helped realign and shift my brain into this like posture of gratitude. And it's hard to be grateful and let your body feel pain like simultaneously, because I think about all the other blessings in my life that I have alongside of the things that hurt. I always think about how uh, like pain just often reminds us of the love we had. And it's like this such weird, weird, you're walking and you're hurting, but it's like, I wouldn't be hurting if I didn't love. And, and, and how, how have, um, whether it's a story of a time where you feel like God met you of like, what, what do you feel like you've learned about God in the midst of pain? Well, I have very quickly learned that while sometimes I might feel alone, I'm never alone. Like I always can find refuge in him and understanding that, um, you know, his word is a gift to us and it is alive and it is breathing. And so if I am feeling alone or having a hard time, like understanding or hearing his voice, like I always go back to scripture, like. David in in the Psalms, like you, you see these huge swings of like, God, I praise you. I rejoice with you. And then also he's like, God, why do you forsake me? And so you see like this huge range of 
emotion. And I think it's so beautiful that he kind of meets us in that space. Um, so really in that knowing like we have constant access to his presence and to his voice through his word and through prayer. Um, and that he is always going to meet me in fullness with that. Like he's not hanging me out to dry or leaving me to figure it out on my own. Like he's always ready to meet me in fullness in that. And, and I might be the one that's trying to rush, like, what does he want to say or what, what is he, or who is me? Who is he to me in this moment? And just like being able to answer those kind of questions has really allowed me to learn more of his character and and how that he really is the one who fills me and sustains me and carries me literally through everything. <laughs> mm, that's so good. What would you uh, even say to anyone who maybe, I don't know, as soon as like right now that they've just found out a loved one's gone or this in the holiday season, the grief's really turning up again. What, what would be... Just any encouragement you'd have to anyone listening to this conversation? Hang in there. You're going to be okay. Um, There are some days that it will feel overwhelming and, you know, a tissue might not be sustainable. Like sometimes we laugh and say like, oh, this is like a towel cry. Like we need to go, (laughs) we need to really go let it out. And like that used to be something that we joke about, but honestly, those moments are really healing. And so if that's what you need to do, then that's what you need to do. Solitude is great, but do not self-isolate. The worst thing you can do, I think, especially during holiday season, is isolate yourself um, because you will then also start to believe lies that people don't care about you and people don't want to spend time with you and people don't understand how you feel. And because all of our stories are unique, like no one is fully going to understand what you're going through because we have such unique stories in our lives, but we have such a gift in friendship and people to bring around us. And I think if you don't have a close couple of people that are safe to you, that you can let into this space, like find those people, like whether it's a family member, a friend, a mentor, like whoever that may be, um, lean into them in this season and be open about what you're feeling. Um, Again, even if you don't have the words for it yet, just being able to say like, I'm not feeling quite right. Like, I just want you to know that I really need you in my corner. And can you help champion me on? And I think part of championing someone in their pain or certain season of life, like we have to reach beyond ourselves. And that means what I mean by that is like through prayer, through Thanksgiving, like reaching beyond ourselves to aid like their healing and fruit is the first thing that we can do um one for ourselves but also for our friends who are experiencing um deep levels of pain right now so good mc uh what what would be just even quickly just uh advice you'll give to anyone who knows of someone going through grief like being being a good friend uh in 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 this season um just show up I think you don't have to like, don't feel like you have to acknowledge it every time you see them. Like, don't say like, okay, like, how are you feeling? Like they're thinking about it all the time. Like it's not out of their mind. So, you know, there are times where, I mean, honestly, like starting with prayer first and foremost and allowing the Holy Spirit to truly be like, be your guide um, and lean into your impressions. Like if you're really feeling something heavy on your heart 
that you need to ask your friend about it, like ask your friend, um, because it can be so encouraging to know that there are being that they are being seen in this moment. Um, But really just being present, showing up, being willing, like a little treat will go a long way. Like, hey, can I bring you a little Starbucks or something like just being available and um, knowing even if they don't like accept your invitation every time, if they're if they're not like, yeah, come over or sure, let's go for a walk or whatever that may look like. They might not accept your invitation every time, but the fact that you are checking in and being available um, goes a really, really long way. So good. I I um, I want to say you 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 were a really good friend to me even when, when my mom passed. I, I, I don't know if I've ever said this to you, and I'm sorry that I'm saying this to you over an interview. Is like I remember feeling like a, a lost uh, I was going to say a lost dog, but that feels weird. But it's like, I just felt so disorientated. Like I was desperate for someone to like have like a little flashlight torch to like shine some light down the path. And just speaking with you and your, your story, it's like it, it, it uh, gave a lot of healing to me. And, and I'm thankful for the way that, that you steward your story. And my, my last question for you is what we're about to bring our time to a close is uh, ultimately like what what is the dream uh, for the story of your life? If in a dream world, you see on a front porch you've lived a great life like what are the things you want to look back on on on, and be true of your life well one day i'm gonna be the matriarch of my family and i like that sounds so crazy because i'm only 25 right now but and i cannot i'm saying this out loud and this is something i've truly only shared with like my dearest and closest friends one of my deepest fears has been that i'm gonna die young like my mom Hmm. and that is like terrifying to me but I also have been and you know God knows my time but I've had so many wonderful promises and just affirmations about the life that I'm going to get to live the things I'm going to get to see not only like yes that God has spoken over to me but that people that don't even know me have like said and prophesied over my life and so that has really been healing and helpful. And so when I think about like being the matriarch of my family one day, it's like, I'm going to be this little granny, the granny MC. I don't know what they're going to call me, but (laughs) I think about like, who do I want to be and what do I want to be known for? And I want to always like be known for like seeing God in the big and small things around me. Like I joked about the parking spot, but I'm serious. Like, we we laugh about those type of things but it really has like totally shifted my life and my heart um so i want to just see him in all the big and small things around me i want to be present and be able to give my attention to someone when i'm there like when someone needs a friend or you know whether it's hey let's run to hobby lobby and look at the christmas stuff or let's you know sit down and like really dive into this and figure out what's going on like i always want people to feel like i gave them my everything like i was fully attentive to them in that moment um and just the moments where like i know that god has taken me into d- different depths of of healing and learning about who he is it's like that's totally unique for my life just like it's totally unique for your life and I hope that that's always like an outpouring to the people around me that they see like, oh, like Mary Claire has been places with God. And I thought, you know, who knew until we spent some time together. I just feel like that's so special. And I guess probably one of the last things is that I can think of like now is I always want to be honest and kind and careful with my words um, because our words mean so much. And 
you think about, or I saw this on Facebook, so, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but it was like this person holding up a sheet of paper and um, like a fresh print print paper. And they were saying like, you know, what are all these things like that you think about this person or say about this person? Like, what are some mean things you could say to them or things that might could be hurtful to them? And then they crumple up the paper and then they say, okay, now say you're sorry. And they open up the paper and you can see that obviously all the crinkles are still there, but the paper is open. So it's like our words leave this like lasting impression on people, even if we, you know, don't mean to hurt someone's feelings. And so obviously you can't totally prevent that, but I always want to be careful with my words um, and just be a friend who sharpens with compassion and that, um, you know, that's just part of who we are, that we are like, our, our words are like honey to people. It's not something that is like distasteful, but it's something that is refreshing and and enlightening to be around. That's, that's so beautiful, and I, I think you're you're trending fantastically for that to be the, the story of your life because <laughs> I I, so. I've, I've, I've witnessed a lot of that to be true of you already. So, um, so thankful for you for for taking time to 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 be honest and and share your your story with with us, and I'm sure it's going to encourage a lot of people. Is there? I guess any any last parting words that you would say, or uh, as simply as practical, how how can people follow along with your journey, whether it's old social media or whatever? But uh, but I think it, it would be great to give some a parting thought. Well, do you want me to read my little healing? Sure, prayer? Tell, tell tell us your healing prayer, and we'll close close there. <laughs> Sure. So I was looking back at my journal as I was preparing for some time with you, Josh, and I realized like I've written this down so many times and I refer back to it for myself. And so anytime that I'm having like a hard time and experiencing a lot of pain or even like praying for someone, I kind of read this over myself. And so if you are someone who is maybe struggling right now or know someone who is struggling right now that you can claim this over their life for them or for yourself. Um, If you want to write it down, great. If you're like, what is she talking about? That's fine too. Like if it doesn't resonate with you, that's totally okay. But um, it says, my wings trust the wind of your spirit. I'm dependent on your love every day. I look to you daily for companionship. By evening, I rest in your arms. You restore what is broken. Your kindness makes me whole. I'm no longer a captive to my pain. I spread my once broken wings and soar over your healing. I love you, God. Amen. So it's really simple, but I don't know. It's just sat with me for a long time. And I hope that that is something that can sit with other people too. It's amazing. I, I, I might copy and put that in the description because that, that's, that's a beautiful way to part. Well, MC, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for, for being uh, honest with us all. And, and thank you for your story. It's, it's a powerful story. Well, thank you. I have enjoyed talking with you about it. <laughs>